show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colin Cronin. Very pleased today to be joined uh, by an Irishman who found himself kicking in the college football world. That is Darrell O'Neill. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Colin. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for taking the time to to join me. Um, I suppose you know, obviously, look, you ended up moving to the states uh, when you were very very young. But I, I'm always interested in people's origin stories around their interest in American football, and I have learned over the years that even on that side of the Atlantic, it comes across people's radars in in different ways. For you, was was it school? Was it TV? Was it Madden, or or what? What put American football on your radar, Dara? Yeah. So when we came over to the US, like what we would do every year was we'd do school here for the nine months or so, and then we'd go back to Ireland for the three months every single year. And so for actually being able to play. American football that was never really on the radar because we'd actually come back to Ireland and play Gaelic football every summer and that's kind of when the training camps are and even when you're you're younger that's kind of the peak time for playing it wasn't really on my radar I'd say mom wouldn't let me play anyway with the physicality of it and I just loved playing basketball and soccer that was my kind of two things and there was one year I think when I was about 13 or 14 or so that I finally decided to to give it a go. Like you said, in terms of, you know, watching it, that was always on my radar. We'd always have the NFL on in college football. There was a great buzz about it, but I didn't have that much interest in playing it. But one year when I was about 13 or 14, I decided to give it a go for, for a few months, played in a few games with a team and, and had a bit of fun with it. But the problem was it kind of clashed with soccer. So that year I gave up the soccer and decided to give it a go. Well, the following year, I just I just returned to the soccer because I just preferred playing soccer, to be totally honest. So I did that during high school, soccer and basketball consistently. And it wasn't really again until until college, until university, that I actually considered doing it again. I went to the University of Colorado Boulder and wasn't playing sport at the time. I had just become a bit fed up with basketball because I was supposed to play basketball in college and just kind of fell out of love with it a small bit but I ended up at the university in Colorado um, Boulder and then just became a little bit jaded with not playing sport after a few months and honestly kind of punting just came into my radar after going to a couple of games um, the first year I was there in university and you know, I, I suppose as they say, the rest is history, but it just kind of one, one thing led to the next, had a two-day trial with them, and then that turned into a two-week trial, and then, you know, the next, the fall of the next year was starting on the team after, like, a three-way competition. So, yeah, it just kind of fell into my lap at the end of the day. 
well, I mean, th- serious talent to essentially, uh, you know, kind of walk on to, to the team, having had a year or so experience of the game many years prior. And and in terms of, of playing, you know, in in college and, and playing with the, the buffs, I suppose to, you know, to give, to get a sense of like the, the level uh, of that, because, you know, for people over here, I suppose, like when we talk about college sports, we're talking about the, the Sigerson Cup. Um, but uh, college football is, is a different beast in entirely stateside. Yeah, I mean, just the amount of money that's flowing around in it is vast. So, it, I mean, it's it really is kind of a semi-professional sport. The, obviously, the inter-county kind of football, I'd say it's more on par with that in terms of level of effort, level of commitment. Um, obviously, that being amateurs is a, another story as well, but they have kind of changed the rules a small bit in the university sports over here. I'm sure you've chatted about it previously on, on one of your shows, but yeah, it's a significant level of effort. I mean, it was six in the morning, most mornings you'd go and, and go do weights and then you'd have meetings. Cause obviously I'm sure as you've chatted about here before as well, like the football, the game of football is kind of part chess, part physicality. There's so much that goes on in the back room. So you're, attending meetings, watching video sessions, et cetera. And then you go out to train. So, I mean, it was, it was five days a week, six in the morning until 12 or so. So six hours, give or take a day. And then you do your schoolwork and stuff like that. Um, and obviously there would be periods of time where it was a bit more intense, like fall camp, they'd call it. So that was, what was that? August three weeks or so in August. And then obviously during the season, you'd have a game on Saturday every week. And then Sunday would be your kind of one day off. So um, it was a full-time commitment, really. It was kind of a, another job alongside school. Because, I mean, especially if, you, if you're on scholarship, you're getting paid for it, you know? Yeah, and in, I suppose in terms of you played four years, right? Um, what, are, what are some of the moments um, or, or things that stand out to you from uh, that time, Darrow? Is, is, is it moments on the field or, or is it the camaraderie with your teammates or what, what is it that you remember looking back on that now? Yeah, you see the problem was we were really, really bad. <laughs> we were really bad. One of the worst teams in the country, honestly, for you know at least two of those years. Um, but I mean, there were a couple of games where it was in overtime or something like that. I remember, honestly, my first year, we had a couple of ridiculous games that went into overtime and two or three overtimes and kind of lost in heartbreaking fashion. And I definitely will never forget, like, the the sound. I mean, there's 50, 60,000 people at some of these games. We played in Ohio State in front of 105,000. The sound that goes on in those stadiums is is insane like i'll never forget that um and then from the standpoint of camaraderie there's still a few teammates that you know i went to one of their engagement parties a couple of weeks ago and you know you you don't forget that kind of stuff but there, that's a bit more mundane and you just build those relationships over time but the sound of the stadium kind of standing there on the field hot summer day 
Like that's hard to that's hard to forget. The the feeling of going out on a Saturday like that, even even when we were not doing so well, like that's hard to replicate in the real world. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly and, and when you hear about, you know, a number of the kind of college stadiums um in the states registering on the Richter scale because uh, of the fans kind of jumping up and down pre-game it, it gives a sense of it now look the as you mentioned uh the, the team struggled but it wasn't just for your years there it was the the years afterwards as well and in recent years things ha- haven't gone well at all but all of a sudden um the the buffs are back in the headlines yeah. um and um you got uh, coach prime in in there now I imagine uh, homecoming uh, weekend is going to be a lot different uh, next season. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see. Like you said, the Buffs have not been good for a long time. I think there was one year, maybe 2016, when they were pretty decent. But the buzz is crazy. I don't think there's ever really been a team in recent memory that has changed things with a coaching hire like this. I, it doesn't come to the top of my head, honestly, but it's just totally a paradigm shift, really. And even from the standpoint of like, so as a former player, you get access to tickets and you have to pay pay some sort of nominal fee. And they basically sent out an email like a month ago, like, look, this isn't on the cards anymore. <laughs> like, we're totally sold out kind of thing. So it's it's incredible to see. I think there's a lot of, hype around the team right now i am just like many others extremely fascinated to see what's going to happen i know there's a ton of people that are praying for his complete demise on the field and hoping that we're horrendous again and obviously the whole cu fan base is ecstatic about it and thinks we're going to win the national championship i'm sure but i'd say for the first year it'll probably shuffle out somewhere in the middle you know those players that he brought over from Jackson State, it's a significant leap in talent to go to the Pac-12. And, I mean, obviously a, a sidebar conversation to that is what's going to happen conference-wise with Colorado as well as some of the others because it seems like the Pac-12 is imploding a small bit. So um, where is Colorado going to play in the next two years? That's going to be a big TBD as well. So. A lot of things in flux over in Boulder, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the coming years. Yeah, um, absolutely. And for you, Darren, like to you, I suppose um, now I, you're living in in California. Are you an NFL fan? Have you gone back to to basketball? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the 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 love of, of soccer and playing that growing up. I mean, do you, do you still watch it the boat? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, just a general sports fan, to be totally frank. My favorite team by far are the Denver Nuggets, and they just won the NBA championship there three or four weeks ago. So that was pretty exciting to see. That That's the only team that I feel like I'm actually kind of passionate about, I suppose, in terms of, in terms of kind of being a quote-unquote fan. But I love watching, I'd say I, I like watching college football a bit more just because there's a bit more insanity, a bit less structure, to be honest. I feel like, you know, those, I'd love to go to an SEC game one time. I never got to play down there. 
It was always in the Pac-12, essentially. But it just seems to be a different breed down there. And, you know, the NFL is nice. I definitely do like watching it. It's a good thing to do on a Sunday. But it's naturally just way more structured and predictable. Whereas sometimes I feel like college football is just like, I mean, they're 18, 19-year-old fellows. Um, and obviously 2021 as well. But, you know, they're, they're just going out there and trying their best and not really getting paid too much for it it's just that kind of scholarship and stipend so i'd say uh, between college and nfl i definitely lean towards college um and you mentioned the the nuggets and i suppose chaos um have you ever seen an athlete like nikola Jokic? (laughs) no he's something else he really is and it's just so so interesting to see kind of like his body type as well like he's not he's not just kind of some you know, God amongst men kind of a thing. But I mean, I suppose being seven foot or six eleven or whatever does help you significantly. But you know, he's not chill- chiseled, so to speak. He's just he uses his mind, which I think has been so interesting to to watch um, how much of a competitive advantage that has been for him. And, and just the division. I mean, uh, it, it, to me, I'm I'm not a, a huge basketball fan, but I keep I think like a lot of Irish people, we keep an eye on almost any sport that's uh, that's on. Yeah. And and his vision is is quite something. I, I suppose I'm interested because we're at a period in, in time where football, American football, they're making a real concerted effort in the NFL to grow the game globally, and there are lo- lots of things happening over. Uh, here in terms of you know guys going over um david shanahan is somebody who's been on uh with us a, a couple of times and um, there are a few other guys um stateside as well and we now have um ross bulger uh who would be heading over to to play d1 um you know i suppose for for you um when you were kind of uh in, involved uh, a decade or so ago um you know, were were you, were you uh, was there anyone else uh, out there from from Ireland? Um, I suppose just your thoughts on you know maybe establishing the pipeline. Australia has had it for quite a while in terms of the punting world, and um, yeah. maybe we're beginning to see guys from here. Yeah, I mean, I worked with David Shanahan's brother, so he I think he went to Georgia Tech, and he chatted with me a few times before he went to Georgia Tech. So I talked to him. Before he went over to Australia, I think he went over to Australia for a year. So I remember chatting to him a few times. He was a really nice fellow. His brother, Rob Shanahan, I worked with when I was over in Dublin a few years ago. And then there was there was one other fella when I was playing. I can't remember his name now, but he, I think he actually ended up being a kicker in the NFL for a year or two around like 2015, 2016. I don't think he lasted too long, but he would play GAA kind of similar to me every summer. I can't remember what his name was, though. I have to look it up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, the NFL is a business. Uh, each team is owned by by an owner. Um, what If you're thinking about it strategically, everyone in the U.S. knows about the NFL. The only growth markets are overseas. They're going to have to press that. They are pressing that, television rights, etc. I think it makes sense. And there's just such a good brand around it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think there is a bit of crossover, you know, particularly with football to 
to um, the kind of kicking. There's there's some fella going along there who's who seems to be running kind of a training thing. Australia is uh, they've had a fella doing it for years now. So the pipeline is because they have like a kind of a stable of coaches and you go out there and pay a decent amount of money to go and train with them for a few months. So I feel like there's a process in Australia and it has been refined pipeline from Nazi rules fellows to the, the kind of, I think it's D1 kicking or something like that, but it's like a proper setup there. And, you know, I think if you had, if you set that up in Ireland, and you properly got it going and you know the processes were in place i think you'd have you know a decent few players at least going over to to college as opposed to kind of this ad hoc once every few years yeah tight leader has set, set up leader kicking here and he um okay. former rugby player uh who played um for um play, played for connacht and then went out and actually played uh for the the u.s men's national team rugby before trying his hand at kicking so he's kind of i think looked at the australian model and felt you know that that is something that can be done here i'm wondering in terms of a guy um it wouldn't have been patrick murray by any chance that's, uh, the, name. that's the name that's who i was thinking yeah. of yeah. Similar, similar to similar to you, I, I think he uh, he came from um, All Ireland winning uh, stock uh, as well, and uh, he ended up kicking for the Bucks for a time. Um, okay. We had him had him on the the podcast uh, a couple of months ago. Um, great guy, and and now working in um, in in finance. Um, I, I suppose um, for for you, uh, do you, do you now that you live in California and, and and with the time difference, do you get to to keep an eye on uh, the the GAD uh, and and does it make it easier that it's earlier in the summer? <laughs> I was only watching highlights yesterday, to be honest. Um, it's it's nice to see Cork at least, um, you know, in the final few again. I think I think it's a good. GA County, so it's nice to see them kind of in the the last furlong there. Um, yeah, try try to keep uh, keep in touch with it. I mean, my uncle Morris was on the management team there for Kerry a couple of years ago. He isn't right now, so you wouldn't be as interested in watching it, you know, without having someone someone there kind of in in the room. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always always checking the results and stuff like that. It's something fun during the summertime because. The summertime in the U.S. is, in my opinion, kind of the dead zone for sports. I mean, they have the baseball, but I, I'll go to a few baseball games, but I, I won't really. It's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's more of a, a go and enjoy it uh, with friends uh, yeah. rather than perhaps one to to watch on on TV. Um, Dara, I want to thank you for for taking the time to to chat to me. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be celebrating a continued Cork success after this weekend. <laughs> yeah, hope so. Hope so. Thanks for having me on. It was a good chat.